Hey there, welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about one of my favorite topics, and that is marketing. As you know, I think that marketing your business properly is one of the absolute most powerful skills that you can learn as a beauty professional. And the reason for that is because it allows you to have an unprecedented level of control. If you know how to attract dream clients, if you know how to really grow your business when you need to, it takes the pressure off of pivots or changes that you may want to make in your business. And the cool thing is that she has actually worked with a salon owner that I know to help her book out one of her team members. And so in today's episode, we're going to talk about combining your paid and organic strategies We're talking about how you can use paid ads to boost your bottom line. I wanted to know how we can avoid discount shoppers when running paid ads. And I think you'll find the answer really interesting to that question. We're also going to talk about why no amount of ad spend will build a sustainable marketing strategy if you abandon the organic part of your business. I also love the part in this interview where we discuss the role guest experience plays in an effective marketing strategy, because honestly, if you're constantly on the hamster wheel of trying to attract and you're not retaining, that's going to make things tricky as well. So we're going to talk about that as well as something that surprised me a little bit, and that is utilizing Google as a social platform. I cannot wait to dive into this interview. So without further ado, let's talk to Jamie. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi, Jamie. Welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. I'm so excited to have you back. For anyone who hasn't listened to Jamie's first episode on the podcast, we talked all about branding photography and the power that that can have in your business because that is your background, but it's a little bit different from where you are now. So before we get started, if you just want to introduce yourself and fill my listeners in a little bit on the evolution of your career and how you are actually supporting our industry now. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's always a joy to chat with you. Yeah. So I started out as a brand photographer, as you know, and then over the last about two and a half years, my husband and I started a marketing agency together. And so we do done for you paid ad strategy. So it's a direct response lead generation system that we basically build. We use our our code cash method, which is you know, everything from getting a new lead all the way into like getting that person in your chair, right? So we want to make sure that they're coming in for that appointment. And so we've kind of developed this system that has just absolutely crushed. We've helped, you know, we worked with med spas. We still work with med spas, you know, Botox injectors. We work with stylists to fill their client base. And we've booked 
thousands of appointments at this point for our clients. We've helped a couple of med spas reach seven figures in a very short amount of time, actually less than two years in business, hitting a million in sales is is amazing. And you know, our, our stylists that work with us are really starting to see their client base grow, which is really incredible. A lot of their clients are sticking with them, which is always the goal. We want to have lifelong clients. So yeah, our, our company is called TGIM. It stands for Thank God It's Monday. And the reason we called it that is just because we believe that if you have like a thriving business that you absolutely love, Mondays are just as exciting as Fridays. And so we're just bringing the love back to Mondays. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I love that. My unpopular opinion is that Monday is actually my favorite day of the week because I just feel so lit up and excited about what I'm doing. And I think there is really, I mean, obviously I love weekends. We all love weekends, but there's something just like really satisfying about coming into a new week and being able to, you know, support our clients, being able to do the things that we love. And I think it's, it's a huge blessing to be in an industry where we can love Mondays. So I love that name. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Mondays are my favorite day of the week too. So we have that in common. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Jamie's marketing agency is, is centered around paid traffic and ads, which is basically rocket fuel on top of your organic strategy. And I have a personal connection to someone who has worked with you. So it's kind of a full circle moment because this salon owner and I have worked together on organic strategy for years at this point. And she has been able to book herself out fully using an organic strategy. And now she's building a team. She's able to accelerate the process with the help of paid traffic and your agency. So it's really cool to see the real-time impact that you are having in our industry. And I think it really does lift the weight a little bit off of salon owners. This is a great way to, if you are building a team or if you yourself are maybe like pivoting into a new niche or, or any of those things, how you can really accelerate the client attraction process and layer on this kind of incredible fast track on top of your organic strategy. Absolutely. 100%. I agree. When you use them together, it's like you are unstoppable. It's yes. that's the, the clients we have that have leveraged both their paid ad strategy with us and their organic strategy mm-hmm. have by far exceeded any expectations. Like it is, it's unbelievable. Both of our million dollar salon owners are leveraging both strategies. Yeah. It's super important to grow that. Absolutely. And I just want to clarify for anyone who's listening, if you're like, what is organic mean? What is this like rocket fuel that you're talking about? What we mean by that is an organic strategy would be anything that is not paid traffic. And then Jamie specializes in Facebook and Instagram ads, particularly, right? So meta ads to, to attract clients. So let's just dive right into what exactly the strategy looks like when it comes to bringing in new clients, because I know that there's a very specific way that you and your agency like to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So we, a a big part of success when running paid ads is actually what happens after the ad. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting that person, getting that lead is like, like a tiny part of the process. Now we have done years of research and testing 
and knowledge to know what will convert and what will not. So we can basically turn an add-on and know it's going to convert at this point. Whereas when you're first starting out, that process could take six months to figure out, okay, what's the offer? What kind of copy should I write? What's the scroll stopping image? All of those kind of things that go into creating an ad. You know, we do our market research to make sure we know that offer will convert in that area. So there's things that we do kind of on autopilot now that uh, it's really cool to be able to just, you know, know that when I'm on a, a call with somebody, I know exactly what we need to do to grow their business period. But after that, so we use our code cash method, which cash means captivate your audience. So that's the ad itself. But all we really care about with the ad is just to get that click. We want to get their information right. so we can start chatting with them, right? And then we want to automate uh, CAS is schedule and H is high level scaling. And so, yeah, it's pretty fun. So we captivate them with a with a great offer and the scroll stopping image and the copy that's going to convert. We get their information and then what, right? So now you have their information, but we need them to book an appointment. We want them to come in and see us. That's the main thing. And so the system that we've built outside of that and the software we use and, you know, we've we've spent years and a lot of money developing, it's now proven to convert that lead into that booked appointment. And so from the booked appointment, you want to make sure that you're automating as much as you can. So we want to make sure your time is leveraged, right? We can't be chasing people down and calling every single person. That would be exhausting. And so we use a lot of automation to be able to nurture that person. And our goal in the nurture sequence and the messages they get, mostly texting. At this point, people are less likely to check their email when it comes to a service, but they will have their phone on them. So typically we'll text them. And the goal is just to either get them to book an appointment or to ask us a question. We want to make sure that, you know, we're doing, we're doing that. And no matter what, at some point, whether they book the appointment first on their own without engaging with us, or they book it later, those two things have to happen. They have to book and they have to communicate because if somebody books an appointment and they're not communicating with us, chances are they're, they're not going to show up. And so we want to make sure that we are building that trust and that authority in you as the provider quickly. And so we do that by, you know, quick text, a Giphy message. You know, we put some information on the thank you page once they book, you know, hey, I'm Jamie. I'm really excited to see you. And so, and then we also leverage the organic side. So check us out on Instagram, come say hi, all of those kind of things. So uh, the system is super important. And what you do with your lead is probably the most important part of the whole process. Okay. I love this. So thank you for getting so tangible and really breaking that down. That's very helpful. So my question is because a lot of my listeners, they're not just looking to attract any clients, right? They're looking to attract really specific dream clients for their niche, for what they are trying to do and build. So when it comes to ads, because obviously you are casting a wider net when you are utilizing paid traffic, how does that break down into getting specific on the kind of clients that you're going to attract? Yes. So I will caveat. I love this question, you know, how to attract the right client, Mm -hmm. right? It's really important because we all want this amazing dream client who's going to come back and see us for the rest of their lives. And, you know, it's, that's, that's the dream. And the reality is that when you run paid ads, you are going to get a few tire kickers. You're going to get a few people who, who are flakes. You're going to get people who are coming just for a deal and they'll go somewhere else. And that is just 
that just happens. Whether you're doing organic or not, that that is possibility. When you're reaching more people, you're going to get more of those people and it happens. So our goal is for us to build as as much rapport as we can, as quickly as possible with you, the stylist. And so what that means is essentially people don't buy because of the deal. Like they'll come in because of a deal, right? That's great. But they're not going to stick with you because of a deal. They're going to stick with you because you made them feel really special. So something else we do with the agency that's really cool is we have sales training and we basically talk about like how to differentiate you from, you know, the salon next door or down the street. And so what do you do to make your clients feel really special, right? And so building that relationship quickly, you're going to convert more people. So what we found with our our partners right now, our clients, they have usually a minimum of an 80% retention rate with their their people. So they utilize a lot of the sales strategies that we have. They utilize a lot of the rapport building exercises that we've taught. And it really does. So like, yes, there's going to be people who don't come back. Yes, you're going to get people you don't love in your chair. It happens, right? But the reality is we're not going for 100%. And when you let go of that, and you realize there's going to be these people and it's okay if they don't come back. My goal is to try to get, you know, 80% of these people to come back and see me again for something or to buy another product or, you know, for our, for our med spas, it's, it's skincare, you know, it's, it's other services they, they, you know, they'll come in for Botox. Are they going to get filler? Are they going to do a facial? Are they going to buy, you know, skincare products for our salon owners? It's, you know, are they going to buy a next package? Are they going to come in to see us for you know, another elevated service? Are they going to buy, you know, their product, their shampoo, their hairspray from us? And so we basically teach a lot of how to do that within, that's part of what you get when you work with us is the training on how to make sure that the people who you do love, those dream dream patients that do come in because they do, how to keep them. Right. I love that. I would imagine that the way that you present yourself organically and the way that your website messaging is done, the way that you're showing up on social media, all of these things, all of these touch points are going to have a big impact on who you get. Because if you're someone with something I see often is, and I'm very much someone who teaches like showcasing value versus discounting. So I don't think an organic strategy should include discounts. Strategic promotions are very different, obviously. And I'm not against strategic promotions, particularly if you're looking to kind of boost things up. But I think that if your organic presence reflects just a ton of discounting and, you know, that's kind of your go-to lead into, because it it usually comes from a reactive place. People ghost their audiences on social media and then they kind of get desperate and then they post a bunch of discounts and then they ghost again. And so if you're running paid ads and that's how you're presenting yourself on social media, there's a big, big chance that you are going to get people who are strictly looking for discounts. If you're using your organic strategy to really position your value and position what you do, how it's different, why it's special, all of these things, then I think that could almost act as a filter for when you're getting paid ads, because most people will check you out. I'm, I'm assuming again, and I'm going to give you a chance to kind of weigh in on this, but most people, and I know I do this, if I see an ad, the first thing I'm doing is checking them out on Instagram, trying to find their website, all of the things. 
So what are your thoughts on, on how you can kind of support your paid ads and almost filter out maybe clients that aren't going to be a good fit through the way that you present your brand? Yeah. Okay. This is a really great question and a great thought. How to position yourself as an authority in your market and weed out the tire kickers, tire kickers, Tammies and the, yeah. you know, no show Nancy's <laughs> like, let's get those, let's get those people out of here and, <laughs> and draw in that dream client. So yeah. I would say you're bang on. Yes. Your organic, your online reputation, right? Yeah. So that's Google, that's Instagram, that's yeah. your website right? That online reputation that you're building is who you are, who your business is. Your paid ad strategy is just to get you and that business in front of more people and give them a reason to give you a chance. Because especially in the hair industry, when somebody has a stylist, yeah, they stick with that person for a long time. It takes, yeah. it takes a good reason to give someone a, another chance, like to go somewhere Absolutely. else. So what we love about this particular opportunity is that like we're booking, you know, over 50 appointments in two weeks time for a new junior stylist who's growing her client base. If we can get, you know, even half of those people to rebook with her and come back and do another service and an elevated service, she's building her client base very quickly. Now, how does she keep those people? How do you get them to come back? That's your organic. Your website Mm -hmm. needs to be easy to navigate. It needs to be clear, but it also needs to show who you are as a business owner. And you do not want to show up as a discount brand because people don't rebook with discount brands unless they only care about price. So we want to make sure when we do bring that person in, we're giving them this great experience. We're making them feel really special in the salon, but that they also, when they check you out on your socials, on Google, on your website, that there's a reason for them to show up. Yes. Because if you, A, ghost people and you don't have anything out there and you don't mm-hmm. have a website and you don't have Google reviews and you're not paying attention to the the online reputation or the organic part of your business, you're not building any trust. You're not creating any authority. You're not the person that they want to come and see. And so they will likely either cancel or not come. So you're right. See yeah. an ad book an appointment, the very first thing they're doing is checking you out online. Yeah. And so you need to make sure that when they come there, they have something good to see. Yes, absolutely. So essentially, as a hairstylist, if you're utilizing paid advertising, that's kind of the top of your marketing funnel, right? So that's going to allow people, and I especially love this for, you know, junior stylists, if you move potentially, like if you're coming back from a maternity leave, like any, there's so many points in a hairstylist career where you do have to kind of start from, scratch. And so that paid advertising might bring them in the door, but your guest experience, your brand, the way that you position yourself, the way that you treat them during the appointment, all of these things are the make or break for whether or not you're actually going to retain and then build that relationship to the point where they trust you. Because maybe, I know for me, like I'll try somewhere new for a blowout for someone to do my color though, like that requires a lot of trust. Even a haircut requires a lot of trust, right? Absolutely. So yeah. if yeah. you could bring them in the door with that incredible offer, and then that's your opportunity to wow them. This is not a replacement for marketing foundations, for building a brand, and for truly understanding your guest experience and your ideal client. Like This is 
again, like we've said before, the rocket fuel or, you know, that like accelerator almost to layer on top. And I think it's also a great way to like kickstart and all of the things. And like I told you before, like I've seen in real time what it's doing for stylists that I've worked with in terms of growing their team. And I think also something that's really beautiful is like when you bring on an assistant or a junior stylist or any of those things as a salon owner, it can be one of the trickiest things to actually build the clientele for them, right? Or, you know, if you're in a position where you do want to help your team. And I think that utilizing an agency to help you is a great way for you to be able to make progress, move the needle without burning yourself out. Yeah, 100%. Avoiding burnout is the name of the game for sure. And I I just want to like caveat. So if you are a salon owner who's helping someone else build their client base, because, you know, they're in your salon and you're, you're working with them, they're your apprentice or your junior stylist, make sure that they also aren't completely removed from that process. So they should have some skin in the game too, right? They need to care about building their client base because if they don't care about building their client base and it's all on you and everything you're doing is helping them grow, but they're just like showing up, doing the work and going home and they're not, you know, they're not building their their organic presence online. They're not worried about their online reputation. Those things to me are like, I'll help you if you're helping yourself. So it's like anything. It's like us with our partners, right? We're going to do a lot of the heavy lifting, but it's still your business. And we still want you to care how things go. Right. And, and like you said, you know, your guest experience is huge. It's a big, big reason why somebody would actually book another appointment or come back for another service. And it even goes farther than just in the salon. Like if you live where we live, we have snow, like that seven or eight months of the year. Make sure your walks are shoveled. I know it feels like it's (laughs) the whole year. Oh my gosh. But yeah, make sure your walks are shoveled and it's not icy and that, you know, there's no garbage around. Like even the parking lot where you're, where they walk in is an extension of your brand and your business. And so those are the kind of things, you know, what does your waiting room look like? Do you have coffee, tea, or water for your people? Are you offering coffee, tea, or water? You have it, but if they don't, If you don't offer, they're not going to take it, right? So there's all these things that elevate that experience for your guest. And it is a big part of the success from ads. So we can do everything we can, but that baton pass happens and you have to be ready to take that person and be ready to wow them. And I would love to dive into the numbers on this a little bit. Say you are a salon owner or hairstylist, you are running paid ads. Is the goal to break even? on your ad cost or your investment with that first appointment? Or is that going to turn a profit? Or is it going to be at a slight deficit and then it's on you to kind of make up that lead acquisition expense in the follow-up? This is such a good question, Jody. It's so good. I'm so glad you asked. Okay, let's talk about KPIs. So <clears throat> numbers when it comes to ads and what to expect when you're spending money on ads, what's what's your return, right? So the first thing I always ask somebody when they're asking this question is, what is a new client worth to you? Mm. So what we know in the stylist industry is that if you can acquire a new client, they're with you for a very long time. So the lifetime value of that guest is actually far exceeding a lot of other industries. Even in the med spa space, we only do lifetime value on a one-year 
timeline for med spas. Whereas stylists, we could easily do a five-year timeline because people, when they stick, when they become attached to their stylist, they're sticking around. And five years is probably a minimum for a lot of people, unless they move, like you said, or the stylist retires and they have to find somebody new or whatever that looks like. Right. So we can, we can say the lifetime value of a new client would be worth, you know, three or four cuts a year for five years. Yeah. And that's at a low end. So that's not even considering color. So what are, what are these people spending? So if you calculate that Mm -hmm. and then you say, it's costing me $50 to acquire this person, maybe that first appointment, maybe you break even, maybe you spend a little bit, but it's worth it in the long run. You have to understand the long game when you're doing ads and you're spending money on client acquisition, because if you're worried about that first appointment, then don't run ads because if you're constantly, what we know is that if you're always getting a new person and that person who comes in is never coming back and you're just chasing that new person over and over again, it's a recipe for failure. In the beauty industry and in any other industry, acquiring a new client is always going to cost way more than nurturing and, you know, keeping that existing client. So you can put all your energy into attracting new clients, whether that is with an organic social media strategy, no matter how you're filling that funnel, whether it's with paid ads. But if you're not following up and you're not creating an experience that's worth coming back for, it's going to be a losing game for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Just knowing your numbers, knowing your your lifetime value, and that's going to change from salon to salon and from stylist to stylist because a junior stylist's lifetime value of their client will be a little bit less because they charge less as a senior stylist, right? So understanding that lifetime value, understanding the value of a new person coming and sitting in your chair and having that opportunity yeah. to to have that relationship for that long, that really makes running ads and understanding the numbers a lot easier. I love that. So I do want to ask, is there typically like a package rate that converts and doesn't convert? So for instance, if you are running paid ads for a service, is there kind of like a cap on what that appoint- first appointment can be worth or what you see converts mm-hmm. and doesn't convert in terms of like packages? Because med spas are typically quite a, and I know that's kind of where you started, Mm-hmm. Med spas are typically kind of a higher end business and experience. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So with med spas, it's usually a Botox or a neurotoxin, freeze your face. Um right. offer. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of Botox. I'm a very big fan. And so that's usually the the offer we use. It's an introductory service, right? So they're going to come in for a lower ticket and then you have the opportunity to upsell them. So I would say like an average sale for for a Botox, like a, a med spa would be about $300 for their first. Oh, so it's actually not as like as much as you would think. Like when you think of med spas, you think thousands usually, right? Yeah. Like a, a, a syringe of filler costs like between four and $700, depending on yeah. the type of filler you're getting and where you're getting it. And so if you're combining services, that's where, where things start to build, right? If they're coming back, Botox and, and stylists are actually a very similar service. So our goal is not the first, right? That first sale, it's the sales after. And right. so in terms of stylists, so we always start with 
the least friction and the 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 lowest ticket possible. So if you have something that's a lower ticket that's going to bring somebody in without a lot of friction, without a lot of fear, they can just come in and and get that, you know, service or get that product if it is a product, which is fine, then you're you have a chance to build that relationship, right? So it's it's usually low ticket. So I would say like I wouldn't go to the market and say come and get a $300 cut and color right. with me. Because people, people will be like, I could just go over there and do it. Like it has to be, you have to think like, what's in it for your client? Yeah. So something like potentially like blowout, deep conditioning treatments, like those types of packages. Yeah. And I love the idea actually. And this is kind of what always as a consumer gets me is like, I love the idea of a value add. So, you know, anything that's like creating a really special package or, you know, whatever that looks like. So I think there's definitely ways that you can do any sort of like promotions without necessarily having to like slash prices in half or anything like that. Like we're not talking group on style kind yes. of discounts. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. want to clarify that. <laughs> yeah. And some salons will have a low ticket service that they don't even have to discount. It's just people don't know about it. So like, let's tell the people about this service. It's amazing. And there'll be some services where you do discount it. But my my thought is on that, make sure that that's kind of the only place where you're discounting. So yeah. if for a med spa, if we're running, you know, a $9 unit or a $10 unit Botox offer, then on your website, you should have that Botox offer, but nothing else should be on sale unless it's like right. that month. This month's special is half syringe of lip filler for right. $3.99 or whatever, right? So make sure that you, again, like you said, you're not positioning yourself in the market as a discount brand, mm-hmm. but you're giving people a reason to come and see you and give you yes. the opportunity to be their person. And so it's finding the balance between, you know, giving them something that's worth their time to come in and, and give you yeah. that opportunity. But also like we're, you know, we're a luxury brand we do these great things and we have a lot more to offer you than just this low ticket thing. Yeah. And I think that's where, like we actually just wrapped a series on the podcast not too long ago about luxury services and marketing and positioning and all of these things. And one of the key takeaways, if you haven't listened to that service is, or if you haven't listened to that series is luxury isn't just sticking a high price tag on something. It's the experience and the brand that you're creating around the service and how you're differentiating yourself from the rest of the market. So I think that's really, really important. And I just want to pull out too, this has been so tangible and so amazing. And KPI means key performance indicator. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Years ago, I had no idea what that meant. So yes, yes. So your KPIs are just your numbers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. I should have, I should have done that. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Then as we get so deep into the marketing world, I just want to make sure that we are extra clear, you know? Yeah. It's really amazing to learn what this can look like in real time for growing your local business and how you can give yourself a little bit of an edge. So with that being said, I wanted to talk about, because I know you and I have talked about this like privately a bunch of times, the importance of backing up your your paid strategy. And I know there are some areas that you really love to see people on Google being one of them, website being one of them. I'm very much like team Google, website, email marketing, and Instagram. That's like where I live and what I recommend. What are your favorite areas and what can people be doing to kind of support their their strategy with paid ads? 
Yeah. So once you have, so paid ads is also like you're building your list on top of it. So even if people come into your funnel and they don't book a service, the person still put up their hand and said, Hey, I like what you have. So let's make sure we keep talking to those people. So number one, you had said email. I love that. Email and texting for us. We like both. The thing with texting, you have to be a little more strategic because you can't bombard people with texting where they'll be like, see ya, I don't want these anymore. So utilize email a lot and then make sure you're sending a text now and again too. Just keep, keep in front of them because when they're ready for something, we want you to be top of mind. When, you know, when they come in. So text and email, love, 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 love. Instagram, don't forget about Facebook. (laughs) We usually just connect them. So what we post on Instagram just goes on Facebook. It's perfect. The reason I say Facebook is because your ads are running through both platforms, both Facebook and Instagram. So if they go to Facebook to check you out, because that's where they're hanging out, you need to have information, meet your people where they're at, right? So if they're on Facebook, let's be on Facebook. Have you tried separating? This is just like a me being curious thing and only running on Instagram. Yeah. So we, we run, we always run on both. Okay. Okay. You would be surprised how many people come from Facebook and not Instagram. It doesn't surprise me actually, especially depending on your demographic. Right. So I, I just wanted to kind of like for my own curiosity. Yeah. 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 (laughs) We always, always run on both. Instagram is amazing. We love it, but a lot, like I, at least half come from Facebook. So it's just, it's worth it to be on both for at least for paid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then with, with Instagram being connected to Facebook, it's so easy just to toggle that thing over and, and be posting there and just make sure that, you know, they know where, who you are when they come to see you. And if you're running ads, I definitely think that's really great advice. I think that the organic reach on Facebook is like worse than useless for businesses. So it's absolutely not remotely worth your time to like overthink this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't go into Facebook and create anything special for Facebook. Just (laughs) toggle the thing over and make sure that, you know, when you are ready to run ads, because there may be a point uh, that you've, you've basically, you've already done all that work. So just make sure it's on this platform too. So that if that time does come, you're like, oh yeah, I have a whole page built with trust and and all of the things we need to convert people. Yeah. And I do think that there is a place for Facebook groups too. Uh, Actually, yes. my friend Casey Taylor did a lesson inside of my program, which was about the right way to use Facebook groups for small town marketing specifically. And so cool. there are some kind of cool ways to use Facebook groups. And I think I can definitely see the value of having a bit of a presence on that platform in terms of like, you know, when you are wanting to either run paid ads or utilize groups. So that's a good reminder. I love that. (laughs) And then the last, the last thing you had mentioned was Google. And this is a big area of opportunity, I think for a lot of business owners. So part of our system and that high level scaling aspect of our system is automating the process to get Google reviews. Because what we know is asking somebody to do it, they don't do it number one. And it's not because they don't like you and it's not because you did a bad job. It's because they're busy and they forget. Mm -hmm. And asking them to do it once via one text or one email, they're not going to do it. It's not enough. So building a process where you can make sure that you're reminding people to leave that review and then having it, you know, make sure that if you're building this on your own, that if they do click that link, they're removed from the workflow so that, you know, they leave the review and they're not going to continue to get messages saying, hey, leave us a review. But what we know is that within six months of using this review process, you could have 100 reviews on Google. 
And so it is very powerful to use that and make sure because again, Google reviews are like the word of mouth marketing, Mm -hmm. but with strangers. So you don't have to tell me that your stylist is great. If I come across an ad and I go on Google and a hundred people have said this salon is amazing, you better believe that builds trust really quickly. And so even 50, right? Like we all start somewhere. You start at zero. So just continue to grow that. Make sure everyone who comes to see you that you know they had a good experience, make sure that they get that request and make sure that they don't just get it once. Make sure they're getting it over and over until they do leave that review. And don't worry. It's okay to bombard I'll say in quotes your people they will forget and I have a personal story that I was really nervous to do this for my photography business I'm like oh I don't want to bother people it's too much they're gonna get annoyed they don't one of my one of my like business besties she was in my workflow she had a photo shoot with me and she was like I think it was like the fifth message I sent her. She's like, I'm so glad you keep reminding me to do this because I've gone in to do it three times and every time like something happened with the kids or something happened and it pulled me away and I just forgot. And these are the people with the best intentions. So if they don't know you, they're not your bestie. They need to be reminded. Also, the glitches on Google when you're trying to log in sometimes can be brutal. I know I've tried on a couple occasions and I think it's better now, but like I've tried on a couple occasions to leave a review when I was somewhere and I was like, oh, this is so good. And even if the login process like takes slightly longer than usual, that's enough for someone to abandon it, right? Yes. It's not that they don't want to. It's just maybe like something as silly as like the LTE signal being low or the Wi-Fi being slow and it taking too long to load can be the difference between someone actually following through on it and not. And so- Yes. When it comes to everything in marketing, if all you take away from this episode is this, that will be worth the listen. Please repeat yourself. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Please make sure and don't feel like you're bothering people and just know that if they feel bothered, they're just going to say stop and that's okay, right? It's okay. They're not your people. If they're not willing to click on a link and leave you a review and they they don't want to hear from you anymore, it's okay. Like just, yeah, just water off the duck's back as they say. So, and the, and the rewards you're going to get from, from feeling like you're sending too many messages will be higher than the one person who may feel like it's too much. So don't let the voice of like one person outweigh the benefits of, uh, you know, what can come if you do this properly. The other thing with Google that I'll say is a hugely underutilized place on Google is posts. You can post on Google, like you post on Instagram and the reach that you get would be, it would be very surprising to most people that Google is like any other social platform. They love it when you use it, right? Instagram and Facebook want you on their platform. So does Google. And so if you're in there updating your business manager, making sure that, you know, your holiday hours are accurate, post about specials of the month, post about your services that you offer, post If you have a review on Facebook and it's not on Google, screenshot that review, copy it, post it on Google as a photo of that screenshot and then paste the copy in and post it. That review needs to live everywhere, including Google. And so there are just so many ways to utilize Google that are underutilized. I think it's just super important. I wanted to make sure I said that today, like 
use your post. And it, I think it's just, I can actually, I'll, I'll let you know after I can't remember because it's not like as easy as Instagram to go and click post. There's like a little, if you don't know where you're going, you might not know where to go. So I'll right. let you know that so that you can like put it in the show notes if you want what, what to actually click, but it's yes. amazing. I love that. And for anyone who's listening, I love that you mentioned testimonials because if you have taken Beauty Biz Brand Academy, which is my signature course, our content framework, one of our key categories is transformation or testimonial. And you can apply your align and attract content framework to Google, to your website, to your Instagram. You can apply the same framework absolutely everywhere. So I love that you brought up an additional place. Thank you so much for this, Jamie. This has been absolutely incredible. So much actionable knowledge. I feel like you've really blown open the world of paid advertising for my listeners. And I really appreciate you getting into the nitty gritty and just kind of showing us inside what's possible. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> of course. So where can we go to find out more about you? And if you are a salon owner who's listening to this right now and you're like, I need some paid ads, send me a DM. I'm happy to talk to you about the person that I sent over to Jamie who's had incredible results. I'm sure you can also reach out to Jamie. Where do we find you online? Yeah. So Instagram is probably the, the best place to find me. It's just at the Jamie Cordish. You can also go to tgimlocal.com and you can reach out through there to book an appointment as well. So yeah. Amazing. Thank you again for being here, Jamie. That's <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.